Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Today, the Padres begin the last series of the season out in Arizona against the Diamondbacks. And hosting the program, we've got Annie Heilbrin getting ready to talk Padres and admire one of her co-hosts. Can we just admire Bill's kicks right now? Hey, His new shoes? I'm, I'm casual. Impressed. Those are awesome, though. Casual. Those are like the cool kids' shoes. I like them. Also, we, of course, do have Bill Center, who might be well-shod, but is a little sad that the season's winding down. I'm chagrined. And rounding out the crew, it's Bob Scanlon, who is also sad that the season is winding down. Oh, oh no. Oh, that's it. <laughs> now, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the Western Metal Supply Company building, it's Padre Social Hour with your hosts, Annie Heilbrin, Bill Center, and Bob Scanlon. Chagrin. Bill Center used the word chagrin. I use it all the time. I sadly. like it. It's one of the few words I know what it means. Oh, that's that's oh. that's coming from a guy, you know, a literary background, a journalist, an educated man. And we're hanging out right there. You educated? Know? So, yes. Juju yeah. College. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Padre Social Hour, everyone. Friday edition of Padre Social Hour, the last three-game set for the Padres. They're in Arizona getting ready to take on the Diamondbacks, but we are here at Petco Park. Little thing, you know, a little concert thing being set up on the field happening this weekend. We're not part of that. Are you guys part of that? I'm not part of that. Are you Are you giving a concert, Bill, something no, I don't no, know about? I, I'm I don't. Even, I heard you never who know it was. Bill. I right. heard who they they said was going to be here, and I have no idea. All right, I thought maybe you're doing a violin concerto no. or something. Oh, no. no, no. Okay. This is my last show of the season, so get social with us. Hashtag Padres SH. Last show, Annie. I know it's kind of sad. You know Man. what? Like, you you do. You get kind of sad. You feel like it's the last day of school. When you're going to see all your little friends <laughs> you again on the first day the, of school. You were sad at the last day of school. I, I was rem I was chagrin. Yeah, I was I, chagrin. I'm wow. looking at okay. my watch, thinking only four hours and eight. Yeah, when's the countdown? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, there was a little bit of a stampede to the door <laughs> when the bell rang. Yeah. I was the nerd, Bill. I was the nerd. Want to see my friends? Anyways, okay. Hashtag PadresSH on Twitter. Make sure you hit us up. You can also join us online at Padres.com/socialhour. So we're going to get right into it today. Talk a little bit about yesterday's. Well, not so much about the loss, but about the pitching that we've seen from the Padres lately. Christian Friedrich took the mound five, five and two-thirds innings, allowed five runs on seven hits and one walk. Let's just start with Christian here. What did you guys see from Christian? What did you like about his performance? Well, or not one, like? The one thing that uh, we'll start with is inherited runners. In terms of? he was It was 5-2 when he left the game with two outs in that inning. Right. No, the bullpen didn't do him any yeah. favors. Well, right. Jose Torres threw the wild pitch and then gave and up the two double. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Great point. So he could have gotten out of there with two runs. That, that's true. But I'll, So here's the good news and here's the bad news as, as I'm watching that And I'm with you on this one. So okay. first of all, better job working out of some jams. I mean, there were there were three or four innings where that thing could have gotten out of control, right? right. He had runners on right. base. The, the nice wagons job. were circled. Right. And, and in the past, usually when that happens, right away the big inning occurs, and the game is over in the third or fourth inning because he has a three or four run inning, and the team never recovers. So right. he right. did a better job of, of keeping the, 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 the wolves at bay for a little bit longer, but it still ultimately ended up in a big inning that he didn't get out of. And that's been my concern in watching him pitch all year. Does he have what it takes to be able to get out of the big inning, to get out of the big jam? And for the most part, he's not been able to do right. that. Now, when you start evaluating why is that, that's where I really have a problem because I'm watching it as a former pitcher saying, okay, how can we fix this? You know, is it the stuff? Is it the location? Is there something mechanically that we can do to try to turn this thing around for this young man? And to be honest with you, 
I, I'm at a loss because I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that's going to be a pinpoint control guy. He doesn't have any one overpowering pitch. Right. So it, it kind of is what it is, and it just becomes a question of how effectively is he able to get the pitches to each side of the plate, Bill. And if he misses, there's not a whole lot of margin mm. for error there. Not only does he not have an overpowering pitch, you know that you had a pitch that you could throw up there to get outs when you wanted to get. And I don't think he's got an out pitch either. Exactly. I think it can be the curveball. But, again, he's not been able to show me that he can keep guys off the breaking ball enough with the fastball. Right. In other words, there have been a lot of times this season also where I feel like right. guys are just saying, I'm not swinging at the curveball. Right. So until you prove to me that you can throw it for a strike, I'm not chasing it. Right. So we'll see. If he can make that adjustment, so be it. But so far, I've not seen a guy that's been consistently able really to no do that. There's really no threat. You're know, not seeing the threat from him. There's right. a stat out there that I like that some people don't like, and it's what's the – What's the win-loss record when you're pitching? And his is 8-15 and and 23 starts. Mm -hmm. And there's a factor because he gives up, like you said, absolutely like you said, he gives up runs early and the team's behind. Whether it's 2-0 or 3-1, they're still behind. Right. And it's hard to battle back when you're starting pitching as pitchers doing that every game and not only that but it forces your manager then to start managing the entire game differently because right. when you're down three or four nothing in the third right. you're going through your mind okay he's due up in the fifth inning to bat fourth and if somebody gets on now i got to get my pen up right mm -hmm. now you've got guys getting loose in the pen whether or not you bring them into the game or not you've already burned up some bullets that's an up for yeah. somebody down in the bullpen and there's a good chance that you end up replacing him and it puts more pressure on the pen so right yeah, and I it's always know. been about 75 pitches in five innings in these right in these right so, I mean, if, hey, if there's something that he can figure out for me with the breaking ball in terms of uh, having that be more of an effective pitch to get guys off the fastball a little bit more, so be it. But uh, he's got to come up with it by next spring. That's an inter interesting conversation, interesting point, though, Scans, because what does he do if he's going to evolve in Major League Baseball and, and actually face hitters that, and be able to get them out that they, they're not on to him, they don't know what he's going to send them every time? I mean, yeah, he's got to develop a new pitch, right? Or he's got to do something that's – more effective than what he's doing right now. Yeah, and that's what you start asking yourself. Okay, is he going to find three or four miles or miles an hour on the fastball to give him? Mm -hmm. No. Uh, right. The curveball is pretty good. The command is never – he's not going to be a pinpoint command guy. So maybe he's a guy – if he can come up with an amazing changeup to keep guys back and forth a little bit more, we'll see. But then, Bill, you even ask yourself, well, can he go to the bullpen? Maybe, but is he a left-hand no. specialist guy? No, he's not. No. So it's sort of in that no man's you land. You know what? I When I look at him and another member of the Padre staff, who we might get into later, I see <laughs> them <will>. as the <laughs> type, the journeyman type of pitchers that always wind up with a major league team that's had a couple injuries or trades, right. and they're there for the second half of the season. And there's a need for those guys. Right, there is. And, and he, he was a need for the Padres. And when he first came over – how about the start he had, Annie? Right. Where yeah. he, his first five Absolutely. or six outings, you're like, hey, this is this fabulous. This he was work. off to a three-in-one start. Right. But usually, eventually, with these guys, you know, the league starts figuring it out. And, you, yeah. you know, how long can you ride that Great that point pony? by Bill, though. He, he kind of fills a void. He kind of stops that, you know, the wound from yep. festering a little bit more. But he's not really the person that's going to lead you to the promised land. Because he'll go out there every five days. And there's a need for that. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and guys like that get big league time. And right. they can actually, you know. Playoff time, right. the, he's the guy you call up, and he gives you three or four good outings, and he helps you get to the postseason. Right. Like, this guy was the unsung hero. Right. So, 
you know, th well, there, there could be a spot for him. Is he, but is he, is he a guy that you can bank on in your starting rotation? It leads that's us the to the next question, and that's kind of where I'm going with this. So the Padres have said that they're not really going to contend or they don't think that they're going to be a major playoff contender for a few years. So it leads me to that question of as you start to shape that rotation for the following years, what is the strategy? Is the strategy to have guys that can sort of just get you through it? Is the strategy to go load up on some major arm? You know, what, what is the strategy there to – what do you think their pitching strategy is for the next few years? I don't think there's any major arms out there in a the free agent market to load up with to begin with. Right, great point. I don't think that they'd go that way next year. I'm starting with Perdomo, and I've got, and I've got Clayton Richard in my starting rotation next year. Now, after that, everything is open. I think it's as open for somebody like Walker Lockett at AAA this year or Denilson LeMay. Uh, maybe one of the two, maybe Ray or uh, Ross if they come back because nobody's going to be trading for Ross. Right. And out of the rest, um, I might look at Co – I don't think I'm bringing all those guys back, uh, Edwin Jackson. Uh, and like you said, Christy, you might bring them back, but you sort of know that there's a very long shot that you really want to keep them. Exactly. And so – I agree with everything you've said, Bill, and I'll just add this in terms of who I would be looking for in terms of bringing free agent type guys in. I need, I need two types of guys. First of all, I need the guy that I think can actually take the ball and go to the hill every five days mm -hmm. and try to get me into at least five or six innings and keep me in a ball game. I don't need a right. guy that's going to give me seven or eight. Right. I don't need a big free agent signing. I just need somebody that's not going to decimate my bullpen and force me to have mm -hmm. to go to right. seven or eight guys. And the other guys I bring in, I probably bring in four or five of these guys, the high ceiling guy, the guy that's coming off of surgery, the guy that's had a couple of good years right. but he's struggled the last couple for some reason, somebody that might be that surprise. Great you know, the, point. The Drew Pomeranz, right. Right. Uh, the Fernando Rodney. Mm -hmm. you know, they right. did the such Randy Wolf. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those guys, the guys right. that were actually surprises for the Padres that right. when it all said and done, either they do a great job for you or they all of a sudden become some kind of a right. trade bait. So, I, and, and you're not in a situation when you can afford to take that chance on those guys. Right. Th those are the guys that I'm personally looking right, for. Right. You don't want to, ideally, you don't want to keep going through this carousel of pitchers, right? I mean, you don't want to keep having to roll through right. them. I'll throw right. another name out there right now Brandon Morrow. Yeah, you, he might come back. You don't know. You don't know. Right. I mean, it's a long shot. Right. It's a long shot, but you already have him here. He wants yeah. to be here. Why not just take a look at him next year and say, okay, when you rehab this year, it didn't work out as a starter. What do you want to try to do? Hey, if he, you know that when he was healthy, mm -hmm. darn good starter. Hasn't been healthy. So the chances are it's not going to work out, but it's worth taking a look at. The exact type of guy. You know, th right. There's probably three or four other of those types of guys out in the league right, right now. You, hey, take a chance. And if, if they work out, great. If they right. don't, no, no harm, no foul, because you're not expecting to run for a, right. a division title this year anyway. Where does Paul Clemens fit, or does he not fit? I'll let you go start with that <laughs> I one. I feel like Stan. we just got the, know, the hot seat. <laughs> 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 he is he's an eccentric guy. Uh -huh. And, you know, we were talking earlier about – Guys who are fixable, like wh why yes. hasn't this guy done better? You know, we sort of broke down Christian Friedrich, same type of thing with Clemens. And I think a lot of it for him is between the ears. Mm. And that becomes a question of, well, do you, in talking to everybody, it's not that the guy doesn't want to get better. Right. He does. Mm. But mentally, there is something, there's a disconnect at times where mm -hmm. what you talked to him about just five minutes ago, Bill, and he's, yeah, yeah, I, I got <laughs> right. it. Yeah. I, I, I got it. And then he goes out to the mound, and you have no idea what's actually right. going to happen right. out there. Right, right. And, you know, it becomes it's a question true. of. I, listen, it's a great Paul, way to put it. Paul yeah. Clemens is a very interesting person 
that um, uh, this year I've listened to some of his post-game chats. Yeah. And uh, when he's talking about I'm that close, and he, and he uses I'm that close a number <laughs> of times, <laughs> and it's like, were you pitching the same game that we were <laughs> looking right. at? How about at times. How, right, and there's some guys, and I'm sure you've experienced this too and, and all the guys that you've interviewed mm -hmm. where after the end of the game, there's such a disconnect between what you saw happen <laughs> yeah. and what they're ex saying right. they experienced sure. that you don't know either they're that out of touch with what's really happening or they are that good at just trying to lie to themselves to make themselves yeah. feel better. A and it right. happens right? in every sport. Absolutely. And, and you have to ask yourself, because I've seen guys, you know, are you right. being honest with yourself? Are you just saying what you feel like you need to say to the media? Because if you really don't realize that Really, that was the pitch you wanted to throw? I made my pitch? Really? A fastball right down the middle? Was that your pitch? <laughs> right. Is that what you're trying to do? Listen, okay. I, can I? <laughs> I know. It's a great point. You know, a guy gives up yeah. whatever, how many tackles for touchdowns. Oh, no, we had a fine. We were, we were fine. We had a great game. Yeah. Do we have time, do we have time for we a little sideline no, story here? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Years ago, I'm at, I'm at Daytona. I'm covering yeah. the Daytona 500. They used to have this consolation race. And <laughs> last lap. <laughs> sounds last bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everybody that didn't qualify for yeah. the 500. And I'll. The next to last rate, uh, lap of the race, guy spins in the middle of the track, and he's about that far off the wall. Okay. Okay? <laughs> car coming all the way around the track crashes into this parked car. Right. And everybody's just like, holy. <gasps> I mean, and they walked out. They got out. I mean, there, was, there were flames and everything, but yeah. they got out. So the next day, the guy in the car that came all the way around the track, they brought him up to the press box to explain the accident. Like, did the throttle stick? Yeah. And so he's standing there, and his, his leg's broken. He's on crutches and everything. <laughs> but he's standing there, and he's looking at the film. And, and he says, as he's looking at this film with the car sitting that far off the wall, see, I think there was room for me to get through there. Really? Yeah. yeah at six <laughs> inches, I was going to put my car on two wheels right. and get through there. And, yeah. and, and, the, and the great guy, the PR guy at the D Daytona Motor Speedway, there's a pause that says, Anybody have any questions? <laughs> and we're like, I, I, yeah, I got no, nothing. Yeah, there's nothing, nope. nowhere to go. <laughs> that is a great story. I love those stories, Bill. And I he love it. off the stage. Yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> great way to put it. Um, we've gotten on the tweet here, so thank you for getting social with us. Hashtag PadresSH. Mark Kashin Kanishi asks, how about Brad Hand as a starter? No. Okay. Mark, you got shot. I <laughs> love him in the Not shot down, we think the question. I do too, and in talking yeah. to him the other day, he didn't sound like a guy that was yearning to get back into the rotation. Okay. Right. To his credit, and I'm not saying that in a good or bad way, he was just very much, you know what, I'll do whatever they want me to do, but I am perfectly happy in my role in the bullpen, <laughs> and he's not a guy that's Scans? yearning to get out. Exactly. I think that's a. I think he's found where his niche is. Right. Yeah. Hey, there's not too many guys that can take the ball as often right. as he does and continue to be Which, effective by the and way, miss bats. Consistently the guy effective. misses bats. Yep. He, has, he has made more appearances yep. and thrown more innings out of the bullpen than anybody else in the major leagues this year. And I think Brad Hand realizes, boy, for five or six, for five or six hitters, I'm really a good right. pitcher. Yeah. I, I wouldn't feel, mess with I, I feel like Clayton Richard is valuable in this instance just because he's knows how to work. He's found, you know, he's gone through some tough times. He's found himself again. He's got great work ethic, great stability. He's got kind of some roots. Is that overrated in this instance? Do you, do you need a guy like that in there in the rotation, or am I reaching on that? I, thi I think he's a totally different pitcher than he was before. And not only that, and I know. That's great, yeah. He's changed the way he goes about business. Less is more. He right. no longer is that. Workout nut pulling the sled across the outfield grass. He, like he told me, well, I was talking to him one day, the sled's gone. 
And I think, one, he has really discovered who he is and what he needs to do. So you want him in the rotation? I want him back. Right. I want him back. Not only do I want him back, I want him back bad. Right. Okay, good. Which yeah. is, and, and he's, feel the, same, he's feel the, the epitome. Same you mentioned Brandon Morrow, same type of guy in terms of a guy that everybody else has sort of given up on or is coming off some tough times. You give him a chance and you never know what the ceiling's going to yes. be. Clayton Richard, to me, is the epitome of that type of player that the Padres have every uh, ability to bring into spring right. training. Yeah. Because what you saw out of Clayton exactly is not only a guy that has better stuff because he's figured some things out, but Bill, we know this guy's a great guy to have in the clubhouse. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's learned some things. Mm -hmm. He can go back and tell those guys, you know what? I spent the first four or five five years of my career up here trying to throw the ball by guys back here's, it off here's what I learned right. hey kid I know you're in the in the gym and this is awesome love the work ethic I'm the same way and I burned myself out right. one thing I learned I need a day off once in a while think about it which is exactly he must have been talking to you we like were, we were there right. yeah we were there the same day talking oh to that's the, right we were yeah, yeah, yeah sorry and we walked away with the same impression right. because after the interview you and I both looked at each other like this guy has grown up. Right. Yeah. This guy's learned some things. Back and this is a off. great influence to have in that clubhouse. I agree. I agree. I think that they would benefit so much from bringing Clayton Richard back. And yep. I think it's a good fit. You know, it wasn't really a good fit for him in Chicago. This is a good fit for the team and for him. So we'll Plus see he wants happens. to be here. Yeah, yep. he does. He does. All the above. Okay. Well, we're, we're, we've formed a consensus, so <laughs> we'll just let AJ and Ron and everyone know. Okay. <laughs> Join the Padres in helping to create a world without cancer. Padres Pedal is an annual cycling fundraiser that has course options to fit any age and ability, including a superhero kids ride around Petco Park. To register or learn how you can get involved, visit gopedal.org. Padres Pedal the Cause. We'll be right back with more Padres Social Hour. Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. And welcome back to Padres Social Hour, everyone. We are at Petco Park in the Western Metal Supply Building, getting ready to watch some Padres and Diamondbacks. In just a little while, we'll get there. Uh, we appreciate people getting social with us on Twitter, hashtag PadresSH. So we're going to go with a few here. One from Jellyman, Perdomo Richard Start. Han Buchter Maurer in the pen, three starting spots, five pen wide open. Do you, well, do, do you agree? <laughs> do you disagree? Do you, you like it? Not well, like it's it. a seven man pen, <laughs> right. so only five spots or four spots are open. So um, I, I got those. I got those two. I, I think yeah. one of your starters is going to be Ross or Ray. I mean, I, I really think that. Well, I hope so. I hope one right. of those two guys Are is healthy, healthy and ready yeah. to come back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet that one of them's healthy. To what do you think's going on with Ray? What's your gut telling you? Where's this going? I think it's still going to be surgery. Me too. Uh, unfortunately. I wish right. I could say it was different, but uh, I, I'm just not. I think would be but there was no reason not to do the, the uh, shot because he was going to miss. I mean, even if he had the surgery three weeks ago, he still misses he was the still full, year. Miss full right. year. I get it. You, right. know, you try what you can try, but uh, unfortunately, right. I, I'm hoping we're wrong, but. I don't Mo see. Most often right. it ends right. up there anyway. I am not a doctor. I do not know this or at all. But you stayed but at the Holiday Inn <laughs> Express yesterday, Annie, so you're qualified. I'm qualified. I'm very <laughs> qualified. I wonder if Ross is going through what Clayton Richard went through with that nerve bundle stuff, and they're just trying to figure it out. And if, if that's the case, I don't think the recovery is as bad. In, uh, and I don't know that for sure. I don't know that at all. Yeah, I'm just guessing here that, that, that it seems Chris like a similar had. thing. That You know, it's interesting, and remember – that Clayton was telling us right. the only reason he was able to diagnose this is because he sat down with Chris, Chris right. Young and they right. went through the checklist. And you wonder right. if Clayton at some point sits down with Tyson and they who go knows? through the checklist. Uh, who knows? But yeah. to your point, 
Yes, I think it's actually a better thing if it's the, the thoracic nerve issue. Less recovery, right? Or well, not only less recovery, but shoulders are so different than elbows. Mm-hmm. Right. They have figured out that they can go into an elbow, they can fix it, and a pretty good chance you're going to come back. Mm. Shoulders yeah. are really? 50-50 at best. Right. Cool. You do not want to go into a shoulder unless you absolutely have to. So, And that's the fear, right, for Tyson Ross. Yep. He doesn't want anyone in that shoulder and then messing something up, right? I don't blame him. You do not want to get into that shoulder. I never, reali- I never knew that. No, yeah. and... Okay. and, and even after surgery, like if you like guys that have had Tommy John can come back and go through the rest of their careers and not have a problem. Right. Shoulder guys, even after surgery, that they have recurring hmm. problems. Yeah. It's not someplace wow. you want to go. Yeah. Okay, it's it's so amazing. So after all the advances that they've made. Sure. You're still there's it's such a soft tissue issue as opposed to mm. structural, you know, nuts and bolts. And let's put an elastic thing here and put it into some bone and it heals up. Yeah. This is all soft tissue and it's still uncharted territories in many ways and they haven't figured it out. And explains why Tyson Ross might be like, back off, everybody. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I want to see if I can fix it right. another way. I would do you everything know? I possibly to <laughs> rehab, and, and he's, I don't blame him for yeah. doing what he's doing. But rather than have them, even exploratory surgery in the shoulders. It's like, yep. and, and there were some guys, at the last time that uh, Andy Green talked, there were guys, well, why didn't they do, you know, exploratory surgery? And he was, well, anytime you go into a shoulder, then you're into an area that's really completely different than anywhere else. Yep. Very interesting. All right, another tweet, this time from Douglas Nunez. Home run rate seems to be going up this year. Should we be concerned about PEDs? Scans, you want to take this one first? Bill's giving you a drum roll. Well, I'm <laughs> less concerned about PEDs, and I'm just going to say it. The mm. balls are juiced this year. Absolutely. All right? Nobody wants to say it. I've talked to a bunch of coaches on different teams, wait, and wait, all wait. of them are saying, you Run know what? with it, scans. I, I don't want to talk about it. MLB doesn't want me to talk about it. The bottom line is, Annie, the balls are bouncier this year. Right. They're leaving it at a crazy rate. I see it in batting practice. You see it in the numbers that are happening in the season. And we talked about this about a month ago, that right. the numbers were up. And does anybody have an explanation? Nobody did. And, I, and this is what I com- come back to when I'm just watching guys. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you've got a 65-mile-an-hour batting practice pitch coming in there to pitchers at times. And they're going up in the upper tank now for mm-hmm. fun. Something is not right. Uh, there's a stat, and, and I want you to continue on this because I totally agree with you, so I want you to run with it. But there are more guys this year with 20 home runs than ever before in the history of the game. Yep. So, so elaborate on what is happening then. Well, again, it, if it were just the guys that were normal home run guys or whatever, I would say, okay, Fine. maybe it's, that's okay to a certain extent. Maybe right. the pitching is off. You have these anomalies in, in certain seasons. But right. when I'm seeing guys that don't have any business doing it, even – look, I don't – I, I know this is a taboo thing to go into, but D. Gordon's home run the other day. It was the most miracle moment ever. <laughs> I, I loved that moment. My eyes watered watching that moment. And right. at the same time, I'm seeing the ball travel over the fence by about 80 feet. All right, D. Gordon doesn't have a home run all season long. And somehow, you know, the, the power of Jose Fernandez added an extra 80 feet to his <laughs> long ball. And again, I, I love the moment. I'm so glad it happened. I'm so glad yeah. that we saw Hunter Renfro get onto the top of the roof the mm-hmm. other day. Somebody was bound to do it. Right. But when I'm seeing guys that have no business hitting balls out of the ballpark and they're doing it with that kind of distance, something's not right. And, and so that's where I, I come back to. And yeah. it, it's not just an anomaly of, oh, some guys are having some good seasons. No. I'm seeing guys across the board. As you mentioned, Bill, there's that many guys that are having that many more home runs. To me, I'm having a flashback of 2000 where guys right. were on PDs. And I come to the ballpark every day, you know, with my own teammates that have these arms that were <laughs> stacked. And I'm like, well, I'm glad that we got as many guys on the PEDs as, as they've got. Right. So we're going to score some runs. 
I, I, that is what it's reminding me of. And so, again. But now you're seeing small guys, nine, right. and, nine and ten home run guys normally. Now, exactly. Wait, what do you think happens? Like, what do you think? Ha- Balls spun differently. I mean, the yeah, ball. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to be a conspiracy theorist. So, yeah. you know what? Rob Manfred and MLB called up Rawlings and they said, hey, boys, <laughs> we need a few <laughs> more runs. I, I don't think it's <laughs> that necessarily. But I do think that there could be something going on with the manufacturing process, whether it's by design or by accident. But I'm seeing too many balls fly out. Now, could it be PEDs again? Absolutely, because there's always guys that are going to be at the forefront. We've yeah. seen this, and, right. and we know that's going on right now. It, it, look, somewhere. That's a, that's somebody's always going to play playing catch somewhere up on that. Somewhere is always going to play. But, again, when yeah. I'm watching batting practice and I'm seeing guys, pitchers, second basemen, you know, guys that just don't have that much power, and yeah. they're leaving for fun on batting practice pitching, that, to me, raises an eyebrow of something's not right. Giants were case in point. I mean, they – they were just, I mean, this team is in an overall slump. Right. And in batting practice, they were hitting balls out here uh, just routinely. And how many times have you seen Bill this year? Guys are fooled their way out in their front foot, and they're giving right. the one-handed yeah. swing, and it's still leaving. Right. I so love this conversation. Uh, that's well, we really saw wrong. Now. You can't tell me anything <laughs> different. And, and I actually talked to a coach on another team the other day, and I brought it up to him. He goes, funny you should mention that because I've actually been taking baseballs around. I had some from last year and some from this year, and he's bouncing them, and he's getting a little bit more, more bounce. It's not scientific. Right. But there's just enough evidence that's coming forth to me so that says, you know what, something's up. Interesting. James Clark says the home run rate is up because it's the eighth consecutive year that strikeouts have gone up in all of Major League Baseball. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> home runs are up because strikeouts, strikeouts are, are up. up. I, as <laughs> I guess maybe the, the cause he's and effect is guys are swinging right. harder so that okay. they're going to be missing more yeah. and they're, they're sacrificing Sorry, to be swinging harder. I, I don't know if there's a quarrel. I mean, I know strikeouts are up because hitters are dumb, but. Yeah. James, I like Again, if there's a little guy, he can swing as hard as he wants. what he's getting at. The approach is different. No, I kind of get that. But still, when I see a little guy, a little guy's a little guy. And he can swing as hard as he wants. I I like the bouncy balls conspiracy better. But all right. (laughs) That was a good (laughs) conversation. I think it's really interesting to watch. And you have to wonder as, you know, MLB maybe wants, or maybe it's not a cons- maybe it's whatever. It's just the way things are being manufactured, and it's different, or this and that. But you have to wonder, like, how this all does help rating, or whatever, you know, how it helps the game if it does at all. Uh, Chick stick the long ball, according to Greg Maddox, <laughs> 20 years ago on a commercial. It's maintained ever since. Okay, back by popular demand, the Lynx at Petco Park is a nine-hole golf experience in partnership with Callaway Golf at Petco Park, November 3rd through, no- through November 8th. Each hole will feature a unique theme and the opportunity to win great prizes. There's a limited number of platinum packages available. Reserve your tee time today at Padres.com slash the Lynx. Get social with us. Hashtag Padres Estates. We'll be right back. You want to talk Padres? Lucky for you, we're doing exactly that. This is Padres Social Hour from the AMR studio inside Petco Park. And welcome back to Padres Social Hour, everyone. We are in the middle of a great conversation about why we're seeing more home runs this season. Something to do with bouncier bouncier baseballs. So we are going to get to a tweet real quick that came in off break. East Village Times says, nobody shortens up with two strikes. That's why home runs are up. Swinging yep. from their heels equals money. That's b- it's been the same story for a long, long time. Guys always know a home run equals money. That, that, that's nothing different this year. And, again, right. I get back to it. The little guy, he, just because he swings harder doesn't mean that he's going right. to turn into a home run guy all of a sudden. Right. You know, and there's so many things that go into the creation of a baseball. I know that a lot of it's mechanized now in terms of the winding and all that kind of stuff. Billy, you brought up a great point when, when they actually had the ball problem in Haiti. Right. They were all wound too tight. Right. 
So they've changed, and I, and I get that they've point. got you know all these parameters of how a ball is supposed. But you're still bringing in raw materials from all over the world. You've got the leather, you've got the yarn, you've got the cores, all these different things. There's so many areas where something can go a little bit haywire from the previous year, by design or not. Right. You know, to me, can make an effect. And and feeling a ball this year mm -hmm. that uh, it seemed like the cover was tighter. Mm. And you, I've always been able to like thumb an area of the ball. And I know pitchers like to do that. And to me, it seems like the, the cover is tighter this year. I agree with you 100%. And I've three times this year gone over to the, the balls and grabbed one and done exactly what you're talking about. Mm. And usually you can push on it and your thumb is going to give a little bit. Not much give this year. The other thing, you see pitchers rub the ball up. Right. Sometimes you can actually feel the, the leather move a little bit in your hands. They say rub a wrinkle in it. You right. don't rub a wrinkle in it. But right. you can actually feel it move a little bit and move the seams around. As you might try to move the and seam. There's nothing this year. I mean, they're, they're a lot harder. So interesting. Yeah. I would think that it doesn't reverse. Right? I mean, they, I would think that this is what the masses might want. Or am I wrong on that? Oh, yeah, no. People love seeing high, not everybody, right. but in general, people like to see action. They like to see high-scoring right. games. So I don't think anybody's complaining necessarily. But, but for something of tradition like baseball where you're looking at stats and your sabermetrics and your whatever and you do see all these home runs going up, does it sort of skew the... Yeah, but I it already got skewed by the, the PED era right, right anyway. Yeah. You know, the one, the one interesting point. thing about home runs, though, is that a great pitcher in a great game can still, even if overall there are more homers, you can still have the great pitched game because he's he's working around that anyway. Well, I it's mean. actually easier to have the great pitch right. game because if guys are truly, every guy, even the little guy at the top of your lineup yeah. is swinging out of his shoes, that's easy to pitch to. I right. mean, I actually never feared the big home run guys because they usually yeah. had big holes, and you can work those guys back and forth even more effectively. Now, will they crush the mediocre pitcher? Yeah, that guy's going to get launched. But the better pitcher even more of a chance to throw the perfect right. game, the no-hitter, and, and go deep into the game. And so that's why you have a lot of shutouts this year. At the same time, you have a lot of home runs. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's a, it's a conversation that I'm sure will continue. And uh, I appreciate you, both of you, your intake on it. And, and if anybody wants to tweet in, I'm sure we can keep it going. Hashtag PadresSH on what you're seeing, what you're seeing at home. We're going to come back with the controversial Cardinals game. Talk a little bit about that. First, though, if you want to join the Pod Squad and be a Padres ambassador, this is your chance. The Padres are hosting Pod Squad editions on October 27th, 22nd, I apologize, and you can ap apply to be on the squad. Visit Padres.com slash Pod Squad to apply. Deadline to submit is October 7th. We'll be right back with more Padres Social Hour. From analysis of what's happening on the field with your Padres to insights on everything MLB, we've got it right here. This is Padres Social Hour. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour, everyone. I'm here with Bob Scanlon and Bill Center. We're talking a little bit about all kinds of controversies and stories and who knows what else is going around Major League Baseball right now. But we've got a good one from last night in the Cardinals game. Cardinals versus the Reds. Uh, bottom of the ninth, Yadier Molina doubles to left field, two outs, a guy on first, except is it really a double? <laughs> no, it is well, not. It's a, it's a double. It's a yeah. double, but it is a ground rule double. We're going to show the clip here in a second. So um, it ends the game where, you know, they, the, the Cardinals score, the game's over, and the Reds go, wait a second, this should not have been a double. It should have been a ground rule double, and the, the game should still be continuing on uh, without that score. 
Now you can see it right here. Yeah, and you can see the ball it gets over the left fielder's right. head and it hits off that Mo Lottery sign. Mm -hmm. And that's a ground rule double. That's, that's a ground rule double. That's exactly. the second wall. Right. That that's not the same wall. Right. Yeah. So the controversy really comes, and I think the conversation, as much as Bill loves umpires, is the umpires were waiting for Brian Price, manager Brian Price, to make a call, to come out of the dugout, to uh, do anything that would say, you know, this wasn't, that we need to challenge this. He's looking for him right there. No, this is edited, though. He goes and he looks for him, but. This is, this is not a fair video. I'm going to call okay. foul on this video right here. Because if you go back and you look at it, just before that, you've got umpires on the field. They're walking, and they're a good 30, I mean, 30 yards away from getting to that exit that he was looking at. I'm, gonna, I'm calling foul on the I the edited this, so it's, it's already <laughs> two minutes long, so I'm trying to get the entire story in the Okay, video. thanks. No, that, that's yeah. fair, but I'm <laughs> just saying, right. as far as we, you know, we're looking at Brian Price, it's not instantaneously after this. So I'm just I'm no. standing up for the umpires here a little bit because you could see the celebration on the field, and they're out there. They gathered around the, home, um, around the mound, then they start walking off. It's not like these guys made a sprint to get into their spread after the no, game. No, and we're going to hear from Brian Price, but what, what we've read in these stories that have come out about this game uh, the umpires were saying Chief, Chief, Crew Chief Bill Miller told the pool reporter, Brian Price did not come up to the top step of the dugout. We stayed there. I looked into the dugout. Brian Price made no eye contact with me. After 30 seconds, he finally realized it. The rule is supposed to be that the intent to review a play has to happen within 10 seconds and make up their mind within 30 seconds, which we can get into all that after we listen to Brian Price. But basically, the umpires are saying he didn't do it fast enough. Brian Price is saying he couldn't hear uh, there was no light, you know, coming on the phone or anything like that in the dugout, so he could not hear the phone ring. The, the stadium was very loud. So even if they had called down, he couldn't hear it. We're going to – why don't we listen to him first, and then we'll get into all, all right, the back and forth about it. Let's listen to Brian Price. Ball's hit. It's a, a clearly over Duvall's head. It bounces, hits up on the wall. He gets it, throws it in, and, and they score the winning run. Uh, at this point in time, if there was anything that our – video guys would have seen on where the ball hit, then he, they would call, which they did. But because of the crowd noise, we couldn't hear the phone ring. There was no siren or there's no blinking light to let you know. So the umpires are give the, you know, g give our team 10 seconds at the culmination of the play. I mean, 10 seconds to decide if you want to challenge it or not. Well, you have four umpires on the field that didn't see it hit the back fence. How are we below field level supposed to see where the ball hit up against the wall? You know, in 10 seconds. How are we supposed to define in 10 seconds? We just watched the winning run score. Crowd noise, couldn't hear anything. And then all of a sudden, we got someone started screaming, hey, you know, that ball hit the, hit the top of the wall or the, or the back wall, which would have made it a ground rule double. So by this time, the umpires are off the field because they, I guess they said they waited 10 seconds. And then I chased them down, and by that time they refused to, to, uh, to come back out. And uh, because they're upholding a rule that's in place, it's a terrible rule. How do, you, how do you let a game, any game, but for this matter, it's a playoff with playoff ramifications, let it end because you won't wait more than 10 seconds on the field. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's a game-ending play. And we're supposed to do something above and beyond what we do in every other play before the last play. Okay, I'm going to put you guys on the Cholula hot seat with this. Is this rule so messed up that Brian Price never stood a chance? The Reds never stood a chance. 
Well, I think instant replay is screwed up in a lot of ways, Way. and, this is, and this is one of them. <laughs> and we've seen it all season long now where guys are literally waiting 25, 30 seconds before they sure. go out, and the whole field is standing there waiting. Look, you've got a video team in place. Mm -hmm. You've got two guys sitting there dedicated to watching every single play mm -hmm. in a video room with a phone to be able to make that call. That's why you have those guys there, Five. that they can't come up with that play in 10 seconds and realize that's not, a, that's not one where you need to see seven different angles on it. Right. All right? Well, I got, I got three things here. I got, I got a bunch of things in this play. <laughs> one, after the left fielder throws it, I mean, picks it up and throws it, he knows the ground rules. He should be doing this. He should be waving his hand saying, hey, we got something out here. The left fielder should do that. Then he overthrows the cutoff guy who has a gun <laughs> and could make the play at the plate, but he doesn't because he threw it to the third baseman instead Side of the Sidebar baseball stuff. talk, aside from the right, umpires. Right, right. That's all <laughs> right, good stuff. Right. And then, <laughs> We're only second on his list. Right. And then I, I totally agree with Scans. And then the Cardinals do a great job of going into the celebration <laughs> right away. Yeah. Throwing, oh, yeah, throwing they sold Gator. it. Right, they sold it. Yeah. So uh, – no, the, all, of be, all of the above, and they sold right. it, but still, I get back to, I still think that there was plenty of time for Brian Price and this whole thing. I can't hear, I can't, yada, yada, yada. Come on, these systems are set up to have 50,000 screaming fans right. in your ballpark. There's no right. excuse. This video team took too long to get him the information, and he should have gotten up there. Now, we've seen it, Bill, and, and Buddy Black was the example a couple of years ago where he got ripped off. Yeah. Right. There was a, a, an instant recall play, and he didn't get out there within like seven seconds, I think right. it was, and they didn't allow him to they come out. They didn't allow him and to come out. Foul Told him it was too late. It was ridiculous. Right. And nothing came out publicly about that at that point, but trust me, the rest of the year, no other manager was called on that. Right. They were all afforded a lot more time right. after they that. Right. The rule changed, and nobody ever said that it changed. Right. That's the exactly. Buddy Black rule. So. But the other thing, now so many times in the game – where you'll see a, a challenge and it'll actually start with a player letting the bench know, I'm safe, or mm. I got under that. Oh, yeah, thing. most of the guys know because that, right. the players know. Right, the and they'll go know. like this with their well, headphone we thing. We always know. Right. Yeah. But that left you fielder, yeah. fielder yeah. should have known yeah. the ground rules. And, yeah, you've got to continue and make the play, but once you make your throw, you're throwing your hands up in the air and saying. Right. No, I don't disagree with you, and I don't know what happened after the play, but from his standpoint, I'll just say, I mean, he's, he's making the play. He's watching this right. thing develop. He's got to so make the play first. Exactly. Right. So and then who knows what happened afterwards. Right. Maybe you did, maybe I didn't. But you're absolutely right. And most of the players, we see this a lot of times now. We, right. You know, but you're saying Brian Price is crying, big, you know, crying wolf a little bit that. His team I, should right. have been more on top of it. I think he took too long. You know, I think his video team, that was not a, a tough one to, de mm -hmm. to decipher, and they should have got it to him more quickly. And uh, I'm sorry, I don't have any sympathy on that Do one. Do you think that there's a that it's the responsibility of the umpires for the game to have waited or have done something more? Or is that just, look, fair game, you know, it's, it's a... They have food in their way. Right, I was going to say. you got to have a good <laughs> spread way, right? right? Yeah, umpires yeah. have a really great it's spread. Kind of the if, they, if they make the call in your favor, right. you've got right. prime rib and lobster <laughs> right. coming on. If it's yeah. a call against you, you've they've got They've been hot standing out the in that before. field for three hours <laughs> when that game ends. Yeah. Um, nobody... Nobody leaves the field faster than umpires. No, right. but, but again, when watching right. that video, I didn't see a guy, a crew, that was running off the field prematurely and in an effort just to get out of there as quickly as they could. They, they gathered around the mound at first, then they're walking. I didn't see any negligence on their yeah. part, just based on what I saw. 
And, and well, it's so kind of too like only the strong survive. You know, they're waiting for that eye contact or whatever, and then yeah, they're like, okay, we're going to go me? eat. You got, yeah. you got something? You got <laughs> something? You got something? All right, man, let's go get the food. Let's go get that steak dinner. You know what right. it's going to bring up? It's going to bring up the whole topic then. Well, then we should have every play being looked at in New York, and if they see something, even if the people on the field don't see it, they should be calling down to and call ahead. And that is where I game. totally lose it and say, right. get the heck out of the game. We almost had one of those last night where it took 10 seconds to reverse the call. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, because the as I uh, as I found out later the they were watching the game in New York and right. saw so the second the uh, the second the umpire put knew. the headphones on they said yeah well that's fine I don't have a problem with that but I, don't, I don't I don't need New York to calling call San Diego right. to tell us that hey hold on exactly yeah Dante here Dante Balden we've got a tweet from him he says umpires are told to leave the game when it's over that goes across all sports rule has to change. Well, uh, umpires oh. do need to leave the game when it's over, but I think Dante is saying that they're supposed to wait a little longer. Nah, I'm, I'm fine with the umpires. I again, I had no problem there. Right. I didn't, I didn't see four guys like up oh, cross on plate. Okay, let's go, guys, boop, boop, and just hustle their tail <laughs> off there. It just looked to me like it was normal. Hey, let's gather at the mound, and they casually walked off. And there was plenty of time. The point you need to take away from this is that the umpires want to go eat. Okay? <laughs> Don't we all? Cholula, yeah. the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres, uncapped real flavor with Cholula hot sauce. The hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap. We do need to get into the playoff implications that that whole controversy caused. We'll do that after the break right here on Padres Social Hour. We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour, everyone. We've got a lot more to discuss on the whole umpire thing, and we're going to get to that in the next segment. But first, we've got to get to the lineup. The lineup is brought to you by United Airlines, proud partner of the San Diego Padres. So we've got Jankowski leading off, Margot hitting next, Will Myers, Jan Harris Solarte in the cleanup spot, Dickerson, Ryan Schimpf, Austin Hedges, Luis Sardinius, and then Edwin Jackson on the mound. Mm. Let's get right to the head-to-head -head challenge. I went with my nephew Raiden's pick yesterday, Will Myers. Sorry, Raiden, you lost because Seth had Manny yeah. Margot. Sorry, Raiden. Yeah, sorry, Raiden. What's uh, the magic number now, <laughs> Blooper? What is it? Oh, you ready for it? Oh, yes. We're not ready for it. Oh! One away. You can be my championship. Again. You've, you've clinched a tie. <laughs> if Seth gets the right pick tonight, I know it's I mean, all the over. pressure is on the couch big time right now. Sorry, we thrive under pressure. Mm -hmm. Blooper gets to pick first. Who do oh, you have, God. Blooper? I'm going to win the championship tonight. Oh, with confidence. Luis Sardinas. No, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, three hits last night. He's been hitting the right. ball well lately. That's yeah, about yeah. as many as he gets yeah. in a month. <laughs> Let him pick it. Sardinius, good. That's okay. the air in Arizona. Little guy is going to hit one out. Wow. Oh, okay. That's Scan. fine. That's because the ball's That's juiced. all fine and good, but Will Myers is going to go deep twice, and he's going to trump, and we, your n magic number is just going to flitter away into nothing. Yeah, it's not going to end tonight. It's, it's not, not ending tonight. It's not ending tonight. Genius. Nothing is over until we yeah. say it is. <laughs> tune in tomorrow. Make sure you tune in tomorrow to see if uh, Blooper won. I'm sure Pop if he did. Bottles. Oh, gosh. Okay. Bottles. Okay. Super cuts. They pay attention to every detail. The cuts, the lines, the hot towel finish so you can feel sharp, clean, and ready to go. Find a Supercuts near you at supercuts.com. We'll be right back with a little more controversy after the break here on Padres Social Hour. Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour. Welcome back to Padre Social Hour, everyone. This is the final segment of what is going to be my final show of the season. So 
I first want to thank everybody involved with this show because if I at all sound like I know what I'm talking about, it's because <laughs> of the people around me. It's really not at all to do with me. So thank you, of course, and everybody else that's on the couch, Randy, um, Derek, everyone. And then, of course, Maddie, Nikki, and Seth, who do a great job on this show. It's not that easy to do this show, so they do a wonderful job. Um, Derek had a really long PSA the other day, uh, announcement about like what's going to happen with the Padres. I don't know. I know these <laughs> fans have endured a lot, and I think that the fans are s of the Padres are so awesome because they always, you know, they keep it funny, they keep it light, they, there's good jokes about stuff. And I think that, you know, you've got to approach these next few years with cautious optimism. The last thing that AJ tried didn't work, but this is his wheelhouse. His wheelhouse is the international scouting. And so you got to let them put that plan in place and run with it. But uh, for fans, you know, I thank you for all the good jokes and all the fun times. <laughs> all right. Thank you. And he did a fantastic <laughs> job. It was so fun to be thank on the show you. with you. And, uh, I appreciate it. Love your input on everything. I Thanks. appreciate it. Miss having it for a little while. Bring it back in the in next season. Now, I did want to get to a conversation you guys were having during the break, which the wild card implications of that whole, uh, you know, uh, Cardinals game where the umpires walked off the field and it ended the way it did. The Giants and the Mets probably none too happy about the Cardinals getting that win. So where do you guys stand on all that? The Giants have already, they've been calling foul today, their, uh, <laughs> their fans and media. And my point to the Cardinals, I mean, to the Giants is, hey, this shouldn't have been a problem. You should have won a couple more games in the second half. You wouldn't be having this debate. Don't all of a sudden <laughs> blame it on something else. Play better and and take responsibility for what you've done. I'm worried about it, though. They got pulled. Remember, they got their catcher hurt, and all of a sudden they changed all the MLB rules. Right, So exactly, they're going to yeah. change the rules on this as well. I'm, but surpri I, I'm surprised uh, the Reds and Cards aren't replaying that last Yeah, I, exactly. But it'll happen. But you know, I agree yeah, with you. But you know what? Away. The whole thing about complaining about umpires, and I had this philosophy as a player as well. You know, if you play well and you do what you're supposed to do, mm -hmm. 99 times out of 100, yes. the umpires are not going to be a factor in the game. So if you don't like it and your whole season depends mm -hmm. on a call by an umpire, then as you said, Bill, you didn't take care of business on your own. Uh, hang with them. I agree. My take on it, too, and we see this with refs in football, is you're going to get some calls for you and you're going to get some calls against you. You're going to be on the other side of that at some point during the season where you're getting lucky and you're getting something that works for you. So unless you put it away, right, you really, you really can't gripe. Yeah. I'm with you guys. You put it away. Open. Put it away. Yeah, if you don't leave the door open, then you, you don't need to complain. As we said, you don't like it? Play better. <laughs> I love it. I agree. And on that note, we're going to say goodbye. Thank you, everybody, for watching today. And thank you for joining us all season. Enjoy it. Padres, Diamondbacks up next. Enjoy the game. Good job.